and welcome to Your Sales MBA, the podcast where your hosts, sales experts, Jeff Hoffman and Cece Aparo, answer your most challenging sales and management questions. Let's dive into this week's episode topic. Have you ever met a prospect at a trade show, had a great conversation, and never heard back? Or have you ever received a lead list for an upcoming event and just didn't know where to start? Making the most of your trade show leads is hard, but we've got you covered on this week's episode of Your Sales MBA. Hello, and welcome to Your Sales MBA. I am Cece Aparo, and that's Jeff Hoffman. Hi. Hi, Cece. Hi, Jeff. And we're here to answer all of your sales questions at every stage of the funnel. Classes in session. And today we have an email from Jessica and Sam, who are based here in Boston, about trade show leads. So should we jump right in? Let's do it. All right. We get my trade show lead hat on. All right. I'm ready. They write, Jeff and Cece, we have been in sales for a combined 14 years and can't for the life of us figure out what the F to do with our trade show leads. <laughs> We've tried calling before events to set up meetings, but the lead lists are normally old, last year's attendees, and if we do get them to commit to a meeting, they're no-shows. And our follow-up calls and emails are getting lost in the post-conference noise. Please help us. We love our marketing team and we want to do right by them. Good for you guys. How do we make the most out of our trade show leads? Sincerely, Sam and Jess. Sam and Jess. Well, these are very, very typical questions from trade shows. We've all experienced it. I, I will say I'm impressed that they're able to write that email together. I know. I, I've never written an email with someone, have you? I think, well, I have, yeah. Really? Yeah, my husband. <laughs> Would you use like half the keyboard and <laughs> use the other half the keyboard? <laughs> no, I'm the typist. Oh, okay. All right, cool. So yeah, so 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 trade shows. Let's talk about trade shows for a little bit. Um, I know when I came up in sales, unless that trade show was in a very warm climate in the winter, I, I ran in the other direction whenever my boss was looking for volunteers to work the trade show booth. I mean, think about it. You're out in some, you know, massive cement floored conference center somewhere. And the room is, is is completely filled with people that are probably looking for work because it's two o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday. You are standing behind a booth table scanning badges and you're standing on basically one, maybe half inch carpeting on top of this cement floor. Your back hurts, your legs hurt. It's boring. And every conversation is the same. Hi, what brings you to the trade show? Do you know about filling the blank of our company, et cetera? And then you leave these exhausting three-day trips with stacks of quote unquote trade show ripe, ready to go leads, only to determine that very few of those leads forget, become customers. Very few of those leads even have a conversation with you, even after the trade show. So we really want to look at trade shows in a very kind of different light. So I'll break it down for you a little bit. First, the lead at the trade show itself is probably the weakest asset you receive in when you join or become part of some kind of a trade show activity. The actual attendee, when you kind of stack rank where the value is in this investment, that trade show walking around guy who's got a bag open full of free swag that everyone's giving away, th these are not your buyers. We know this. So on the scale of things, we're going to put them at the bottom for a minute. Let's start with the top. Um, the most powerful trade show lead at a trade show is the actual speakers themselves. Why? Because you have have a captive audience that is eager to please the audience of which you are a part of, even if as an audience member, you attempt to meet them one-on-one -on -one or privately. So if you were to comment to a speaker at an event that you really enjoyed their speech but had a question, the 
percentage of conversion on those kind of attempts to get in touch with people is very, very high. And if you think about it, why wouldn't it be? I mean, I'm CC, we both speak all over the world. Mm -hmm. And um, you know how much prep it takes to, to write these things and to so deliver. Much. And if you give a speech in front of 300 people, maybe five will, will, will want to talk to you afterwards. And, and those five, you probably will. You'll exchange business cards. You'll shake their hands. You'll, you'll find out more about their business. And you have so much gratitude for someone complimenting your speech. You'll probably give them 90 seconds or, or two minutes, which for us in sales is kind of all we want. So the first thing I want to do is step up and think about those trade show actual speakers. Okay, so theoretically, though, we're going to do this before we get to the trade show or once we're there? Yeah, so here's a little bit of a trick. So I actually uh, did so well with converting the speakers of these events into prospects that I realized I didn't even have to go to the trade show. Uh, I would write, eat, what I would do is I would get a list of all of the speakers, usually it's even on the website itself, um, and not surprisingly, virtually all of them include their email addresses because they're trying to promote the speakers that are speaking. And then I'll send an email that sounds something like this. Um, Hello, Cece, uh, we've never met before, but I see that you're speaking at ESP World in San Jose on the Thursday night keynote series, and you're going to be speaking about uh, the role that SaaS plays in a lot of new startups that are trying to find their way into the DSP chip vendor area. I find that topic really interesting. Unfortunately, I won't be able to attend the conference. What's the easiest way for me to get a copy of your deck? I'll send that email about a week before the speech. I am the only person emailing this person a week before her speech on the very speech that she's actually prepping every afternoon. So I am talking to her about something that she's currently working on. It's highly flattering. And all I've asked for is a what? A copy of the deck. A copy of the deck. And the chance of you getting it, extremely high. What happens then? What happens then is that you get to read the deck and it's like you were there. And then you can have an email correspondence with this person or maybe a phone call. I would suggest you do that after the trade show. But I'm just going to cut the line. I'm going to cut that long line of people who want to talk to that person and send that email out first. So our first step is with the speakers. You've had success with that too, haven't you, CC? Oh, absolutely. That's my go-to move. For me, whenever I'm working with a team, to send them the list of speakers is far more important to me than it is for me to send them the list of last year's attendees. Yeah, I mean, the reps are always fighting for the list of the attendees. The trade show uh, administrators rarely want to give them out unless you're a high-paying sponsor. Yep. But the speakers, very, very easy. Now let's go to the second group. The second group, and this may surprise you, the second group is the trade show vendors themselves. Okay, tell me more about okay. that. Okay, um, unless you're doing the most niche of trade shows, not everyone at that trade show is your competitor. The DSP World Conference, you may be a chip vendor, but there are plenty of manufacturers and plenty of foundries and plenty of marketing companies and plenty of digital agencies and plenty of other companies that orbit that vertical that could probably be customers of yours. Instead of spending time chasing down the guy who's looking for the free Frisbee, why don't you chase down the person who's in sales, just like you, manning a booth as bored as you, tired of having the same conversation every time, and want you to see if there's maybe some opportunities to network on that level. So as a second tier, I find that the actual trade show vendors themselves are good lead sources. Okay, but here's the real question, because we've all been on that trade show floor before, and 
even if we're in sales, even if we're the most outgoing people, it's awkward to go strike up a conversation with someone that you don't know. So what's your opener? Yeah, so my opener is always the same. First, what brings you to the uh, trade show? Now, why do I start there? It sounds so stupid and easy and obvious. I start there because networking is an awkward, self-created, highly engineered moment. It's not natural. When we try to take things in life that are not natural and make them feel or appear natural, it gets worse, not better. So we want to embrace the awkwardness of networking. When I say the question, what brings you here? There's probably 10% of the people in the world that when I say that question, they say things like, oh, I'm in the wrong room, or I work here, or I'm here dropping off my wife's keys. Like there is a good percentage that is not someone you want to network with. And and I need to network within four to five minutes with anybody. I, I don't want to waste any time. So I'll say, what brings you here? And why don't we role play it? And I'll tell you exactly what I do. So, so I'll ask you, let's see if we can show everyone how we do this. So go ahead. So uh, hi, uh, what brings you to the trade show, Cece? I'm uh, saying Cece because I read your name badge. Oh, I am here as a marketing rep for my company. Uh, are you enjoying the trade show? We are. What about you? Um, It's been a long day. Yeah, it is a long day. I hate these things, but I do like to network and I would like to network with you and it will take no more than three minutes and I'll leave you alone for the rest of the day. Sound right, good? Try me. Okay. I'm going to show you, and time out for a second. That's how I start the networking moment itself. I'm going to embrace the awkwardness. I'm going to I'm going to say, look, I know this is weird, but I'm going to do it anyway. Is it cool with you? I give finish lines to people. That way they know what they're signing up for. It's only, and then I give them that great promise, which give me three minutes and I'll never talk to you again unless you want me to. Now, when networking, I always like to offer before I ask. So going back to the role play. Can you tell me a little bit more about your organization and maybe I can help you with some leads? Yeah, we're a marketing automation company based out of Boston. Okay, so maybe we'll have a conversation now, and if this is real, over the next 10, 15, 30 seconds, where you'll give me more information. I'll ask some questions, and then maybe I'll even offer up. Would, would this company be a potential prospect for you? Or is this a company you'd like to partner with? Because I know people with that company. And then I'm going to hand this new person that I just met, CC, my phone. And in my phone, I'm going to have my LinkedIn account already open with my profile showing. And I'll type in the name of the company they just said and hand her the phone so you can call anybody on that list and tell them that I said, you guys got to talk. And if you want me to make the intro, I do that as well. The look on this person's face is going to be priceless because in the last two minutes, you've approached them and given them a gift. Pretty nice and of you. Phone. And your phone. Now, why do you, I think, Cece, I know knows this, but why would I give my phone to this prospect? Because it is a vulnerable, overt act. Me handing something over like your phone, you know how you'd freak out if you gave a stranger your phone, particularly if it was open to one of your profiles. But me doing that shows two things. First, it shows that I am comfortable with the uncomfortable. And number two, could there be anything more revealing and transparent than me just handing a stranger my phone with my network in it? It shows that I take networking seriously, but I don't treat it like they're, you know, little gold nuggets that need to be protected from, from, from everyone that I'm eager to share because you were nice enough to say, yeah, you can network with me. Now, after I've handed them the phone and as they start to scroll through it, I'm probably going to hit her with my clothes. If it's okay with UCC, I'd like to tell you about what I do. And obviously she'll say yes. I'll talk for 30 seconds. And now here's the biggie. Don't say to someone you're networking with, hey, do you know anyone who might be interested? That's not fair. They're not thinking about you. So you've given them all of a 30 or 60 second speech and then ask them who they think that you should be talking to. You need to tell them who you need to be talking to. So always be specific with your clothes. It starts with 
do you think this would be appropriate for your company? Because that's who I ultimately would like to close. And if, and, and if that's the case, then she's in sales or marketing, maybe I'll get a referral. But other than that, I might be specific and I generally limit it to geographic proximity. So uh, CC, I know your company's based in Kansas City and I and I see on your name badge it says Kansas City. Is that where you live? No, I'm based in Boston. Oh, you're based in Boston. Good thing I asked. So do you know anyone at, and I'm probably going to name off two or three or four Boston companies that if she can help, great. And if she can't help, she can't help. But either way, we're done at three or four minutes. So now we've done this exchange. She looked through my phone. Maybe she picked a name. Maybe she didn't. I asked for a couple of names. Maybe I got them. Maybe I didn't. And now I'll finish the moment. Well, CC, I, I really appreciate this. This stuff is super, super awkward for me. So thank you for being so kind and well, gentle. Thank you for your transparency. <laughs> well, listen, have a great time at the trade show. I hope you make lots of money. Thanks. I'll give her a nice handshake and I will leave. But when I leave, I don't. I actually just pivot maybe 25 degrees in one direction or another and do the same thing with someone else. Hopefully within earshot of the person I just talked to. And that's weird, but I'm gonna tell you why after the break. Okay, Jeff, so you just told me and all of our listeners that you have a conversation with someone on the trade show floor. Yes. You end the moment you pretend like you're walking away yes. and then you pivot Yes. and you have the same exact conversation with a person yeah. within 25 feet and yeah. within earshot, yes. hoping yes. that the individual you just spoke to- Very much hoping. Heard that and heard, <laughs> hears you. Yeah. Okay, tell me why. All right. So I am a deep believer and, and all of our faithful listeners that know us well and, and come to our programs know this. I'm very contrary and I, I tend to do things that are quite opposite of what our instincts tell us to do. I don't do it to be strange or funny or different. I do it because I just, the way I look at the world. Sometimes it gets me into trouble, but but often it doesn't. Often it, it gives me really wonderful experiences. And, and I, I do believe this. I believe that the more weird or vulnerable or awkward moments are, the more you fly into them, not away from them. Your ability to showcase in a room full of people who are feeling awkward and desperate to look like they are all in control and you're the one person who is acknowledging the awkwardness and actually running things, people will follow you forever if you can demonstrate that effectively. So when I do that little pivot, there's no doubt that the person I just talked to is gonna hear it and laugh. They're either gonna laugh literally or laugh in their head or be like, what, this guy's a weirdo, or this guy, that, that was such a personal moment and he's doing it with someone else. But you know what's gonna happen? This person may very well be motivated to then do it with someone else because I just heard me do it twice. I might even give that person a look like, yeah, this is what I do. And they might do it. And it in short order, when you started the trade show on the floor talking to one person, there will be people around you. There will be people around you because people are nervous in these situations and people feel very lonely when they're by themselves at trade shows. So you're gonna start to build this little weird little Pied Piper moment. <laughs> And let me tell you what that does for you during the trade show event. It's like a society in a tiny little bubble. You'll be able to kind of leverage some, some stroke and some ego just from these moments. I know that sounds crazy, but, but try it. Have fun with this because the third level of leads is the one we started with, which is, what do I do with these lousy trade show leads? Okay, and that's that was the direct question from Sam and Jess, and I wanna make sure we answer that. So I said, you know, the first one is go to the speakers, and the second one is really have a good game plan to network and embrace your awkwardness and weirdness with the existing vendors that are on the floor. But now let's talk about those trade show leads themselves. All right, here's the cadence that I, I suggest. 
There's a lot of statistical evidence to support the idea that trade show leads and their veracity are really measured in hours, not even days. That went based- that one more time. Absolutely. Trade show leads are active and vibrant within hours, not days. If your trade show is a Monday through Thursday, and the way you manage your operational lead gen flow means the reps won't get those leads until the following Tuesday, don't bother. Because as soon as your trade show lead is back home, that lead is dead. I'm gonna say that again. As soon as that trade show lead is back in their homes or on their home turf, the trade show lead is now dead. Why? Because it's unlikely that your trade show lead is like you. You are in sales or you wouldn't be listening to our podcast. So your ability to like go on the road and do your work and work in a hotel room, work in an airport and then come home and double task this and triple task this and I got to call the leads and I got, you're good at multitasking. You have a lot of, that trade show lead hasn't left his house in a year. He was in Albuquerque for four days and he's from uh, Miami. So when he gets back to the office the following Monday, how behind is he? So behind. And how overwhelmed is he? So overwhelmed. And most importantly, <laughs> so tired. And so tired. And does he want to talk to another sales rep? <laughs> so you calling him a week after the trade show is over, you might as well cold call um, into countries that don't speak English because that's exactly the kind of hit rate you're going to get. And that is exactly when most people start the process of prospecting into their trade show lead list. That's right. So this is what we're going to do. This is what you're going to do, Sam and Jess. I hope you're writing these notes down. This is gold we're giving you. <laughs> this is what I want you. This is what I want you guys to do. You don't need two people to work a trade show. I don't know how large a big company is. Um, um, it sounds like you've got um, limited number of email clients. So I'm going to assume you're not a huge company. That was a joke. Uh-huh. All right. So, <laughs> so, so, um, I need you guys to divide and conquer. If there's only two of you, you shouldn't be working the booth together. One of you is working the booth. One of you is working the phones. This is how it works. Every half hour or so, whoever's working the booth and scanning the badges, within a half hour or so, depending on numbers, you're going to hand the list of the scan badges. And if it's not easy to do with your technology or your workflow, you will write down the name and phone number and company of everyone you scan. And every half hour, you will batch the 5, 10, 20, 30 of the people that swung by, and you'll hand it to your partner. Then your partner this is, again, half an hour after they came by your booth. The partner's going to leave a voicemail on every one of those messages. It's going to sound like this. Hi, Bob. We've never met before, but I think I just missed you. Um, I understand you stopped by our booth at 2 o'clock and you talked to Sam. I'm eager to ask you a question because when I found out that you stopped by, I really was excited to talk to your company. I'm actually on the floor. My cell is blah, blah, blah. Just give me a quick text and tell me what aisle you're on, and I'll run around and see you and ask you your question. Now, you do this. For 15, 20 leads every 30 minutes, you won't finish the day doing this because within the next hour, you are literally going to fill your calendar. The thing you guys were worried about, we seem to try to get appointments and they don't show up and it doesn't work. That's because you're not timing your close right. You want to get the lead and then close the lead with a different voice within 30 minutes. And now let me tell you why it works. That friend, the trade show attendee, you got their badge scanned and they've been getting scanned up and down. They're not going to feel very important. It would be hard to. You're, you're holding bags. You're getting scanned. You're just kind of drifting around. You're there. Your next speaker's in two hours. You've had a lousy lunch. You just kind of, you don't really feel very special. And then the phone rings and maybe it's a cell phone and maybe they're checking their landline, but you're the only 
person from this trade show who's called them. And it was only 15 or 20 minutes ago. And then that engineer gets to look at his buddies and say, oh, it was the guy from XYZ. That's so funny. Uh, what aisle is this, guys? Wait, who are you talking to? Uh, one of the uh, trade show guys had a question. I'm just telling him I'm in, row, I'm in row G. And he gets to be a big guy now in front of his buddies because look who's calling him during the trade show. I'm telling you, it works. And all of a sudden, you're going to leave with those trade shows with some real closed appointments and meetings. The collection of the leads and the execution in pursuing those leads has to be contemplated as the exact same action. Okay, I love this. Now, let me ask you, does the same thing apply if there is an account executive on the floor and a BDR or SDR back in the office? I love it. If your company is large and maybe theirs is or maybe yours is, and this is how I used to do it, CC, when I was a rep. I would have the folks in field marketing and generally I had a good friend in field marketing who'd be at a trade show. And I'd say, hey, I'm going to call you at 10 o'clock, 1230, four o'clock. And when I call you at those three times, I don't care where you are, I don't care how noisy it is, I don't care what's going on, just all you have to do is read the first name, the phone number, and the company name of anyone who, who came through the trade show. And I just read them to me. And if you can send them to me or text them to me, even better, but I'd be happy if you just read them to me. And you say, well, how do you get someone to do that for you? Well, it, look, if you're in sales and you've got champions in your account base, you should have champions in your company too. And it's important that you have good friends in marketing to help you with this. But yeah, then you, the BDR who's sitting back at the office can capitalize on these leads while they're still at the show. And that is going to cut the line in front of all the reps and get real, real value. I love it. So we have three things that you should be doing today with all of your trade shows. Number one, find the speakers and find them before the trade show happens. Number two, take advantage of the networking opportunities with other vendors on the floor. And number three, call those leads, call the people that have come to your booth in real time. Sam and Jess, we yes. hope that you get everything you need and more out <laughs> I, of your trade show leads moving forward. I, my hope is that their trade shows are so successful that they can each get their own email account. <laughs> That's my hope. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Jeff, before we jump off today, what is one thing that every person listening to this podcast should do in the next five minutes that is going to have a great impact on their pipeline or deals that they're actively working on or prospects that they're calling into? All right. I like it. I want everyone on this podcast listening right now to think of the deal that's in their pipeline right now that they know is stuck and their boss doesn't know it's stuck. <laughs> you all have one. I have one. Cece, do you have one? Oh, absolutely. Well, how would I? I'm your boss. Okay. I should know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all have them. I want you to think of that deal. And I want you to think right now, if this deal goes away, what is the one thing you don't know about this account so you won't be able to answer your boss when they say, weren't you working on that deal? Why is it out of the pipeline? When, when that happens, you're not going to know why. So that whatever the reason is that you don't know why this deal is stuck, in the next five minutes, I want you to pick up the phone and call your prospect and ask why X. Whatever the thing you don't know is, ask them. I'm not promising this is going to move these deals into the winds. I am going to promise you it's going to change the way you look at stuck deals. We'll talk more about that on later podcasts. But that's a good little uh, hack for you in the next five minutes. All right. Well, if you have a sales question or you have something that you are just dying to know or you were just on the phone with a prospect or a customer and you felt stuck, send us an email. You can send it to podcast 
at sellhoffman.com. That's podcast at S-E-L-L-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.com. And uh, maybe you'll hear it next time on your sales MBA. Sounds good. Happy selling, everybody. Happy selling. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Your Sales MBA. If you have sales or management questions, feel free to send them to podcast at sellhoffman.com. That's podcast at S-E-L-L-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.com. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps boost us in the ratings so other reps like you can find us. Until next time, happy selling. Mm-hmm.